Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Brophy Lasso, the quickest and the best, better than the rest podcast for all your Brophy need to know. Where every other week we sit down with someone from our Brophy community, hear what they're up to, and learn something about them. With that, we give you a recap of last week's highlights, as well as a preview of all the great stuff coming right your way. So sit back, relax, and giddy up, because you're listening to the Brophy Lasso. Last week, swimming completed their run at 30 years of greatness with a state championship, so congratulations to the swim and dive team, and congratulations to golf, cross country, and the chess team for all getting runner-up at their respected state tournaments. That's fantastic. Congratulations to all three teams there. And now looking forward to tomorrow, November 21st from 6 to 9, when Brophy Student Council will be hosting this year's Fine Arts Extravaganza. The FAU will feature bands, individual performers, art, blam, food and beverages, as well as many other things, so we hope to see you all there. And now speaking of this year's Fine Arts Extravaganza, we decided to sit down with a member of the Brophy Culture Project, who will be presenting and performing in the SAC at this year's FAE. And we sat down with him this past Wednesday for an interview to understand the Brophy Culture Project a little more. Enjoy. All right, I'm here with Yael. Yael, what is the Brophy Culture Project? So the Brophy Culture Project is a group which promotes an inclusive and interactive community where we can celebrate one another regardless of their background or who they are. It is a place where students can share their experiences and, and perspectives and beliefs where they go to create an open, inclusive experience that leads to a more informed Brophy community. Great. So how did the Brophy Culture Project get started? So the Brophy Culture Project started about two years ago with um, two students that came up with this great idea to like share stories with one another so that their uh, fellow classmates can learn a little more about themselves. And so um, they talked to Ms. Krause and Mr. Rutt and Ms. Hiley, and they formed this amazing club which has really prospered from the start. Awesome. So how does what you guys are doing with the Brophy Culture Project affecting and going to affect the Brophy community? So I think what it's going to do, it's going to open the minds of the students on campus. Um, I feel like when you hear the stories of the students that present, it really, it's really emotional and it really gets to you. And it makes you realize that although we are all going to the same school, like the kids at the school go through very different problems and um, deal with very different things in their lives. And I feel like it just it's a way for you to realizing that we're not all the same, even though we all go to this amazing school. And just to get you it's it also like allows students to like know their peers a little better and so that they could like talk to them and help them out with anything that they need. Hmm, definitely. Uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a uh, there's a wall built on campus. What were your thoughts on the wall? So when I first saw the wall, um, I personally thought that the wall looked amazing. I thought that the wall looked really good. And when I saw it, I was like, like, oh, like that looks just like the wall down at the border, the actual wall. And so um, I saw it and I was like, that looks great. And it kind of like brought back memories of when I had to cross the border. But what I didn't like about the wall was that most of the kids on campus didn't really get the full experience as soon as they saw the wall they're like no I don't like this and they stuck that they stuck to they got they stuck to that mentality Mm. throughout the whole day and I feel like if the students were more open and if they realized that the wall that they 
that was built on campus is very similar to the one built at the border. Um, that like it's something that some students at the school had to go through, and it just like it's an experience that they should be open and they should reflect on it and not just say, "Oh no, I don't like this," and um, be close-minded about it. Mm, definitely. Uh, what is the Brophy Culture Project working on currently? So right now we're um, working on multiple things. Our biggest thing right now is creating a really cool environment in the in the SAG for fine arts extravaganza where people can go and enjoy art of many different cultures. Um, there's Mexican culture art, Asian culture art, Filipino, um, African. So there's a lot of different variety that you could go and enjoy. We're also working on having another Faces of DACA so that more students can express their stories. And since the first one was a great success, um, we're trying to like open up so that more people can share their experience because I know that there's some students that do want to share their experience. Besides that, um, we're also working on having our culture night, which is going to come up pretty soon. And so that's just a night where um, pretty much it's going to be similar to the fine arts extravaganza, but it's going to just be, um, it's going to be one night and then it's going to, I think it's going to be great. So Awesome. Uh, when a, when a student graduates from Brophy, what do you want them to have learned from the Brophy Culture Project? So I think the main thing about uh, the Brophy Culture Project is that it's a way so that students can share their stories. And I feel like that's what we want them to get out of it. Um, I feel like most students come in here and just think that what they go through is the same as what everybody else goes through, and that's not the case. And so I feel like when students graduate, they should realize that, like, some of the students here have gone through some hardships that, like, not everybody goes through. And I just think it'd be really good if they can just open up and realize that, like, we're all different. And although we might have our similarities, such as going to the same school, we do have our personal backgrounds, and they should be mindful about that. Mm, thank you for that. Uh, before we get to your story, uh, if someone would like to join the Brophy Culture Project, how can they do so? So our doors are open for everyone that wants to come. We would like to have a really diverse um, community. So you just have to go to Miss Hibbler's, which is in Piper 102, I believe. Uh, I'm not certain about it. But Miss Hibbler's room every Monday after school from 3 to 4. And, yeah, we hope you, we hope you can come. Awesome. And now we're going to have you tell a story about how DACA has affected you. What is a dreamer? A dreamer refers to those immigrants that were brought to the United States at a very young age and have pretty much lived an American life. I was born in Morelos, Mexico in 2001, and I migrated to the United States when I was just four years old. I remember what it's like going under the border. I remember the countless hours my family and I spent running away from La Migra. I remember what it's like to hide from the helicopters as they shine their light looking for individuals who dare to break the law. These were individuals who risked everything they had. Individuals who had no idea what they were going to do in the great United States. And for what? Why risk their safety and happiness for an unknown future? These individuals, my parents, did it so that their son could have the opportunities that they never had. Growing up, I heard all these stories about these random kids who were known as dreamers. These kids who seemed to always struggle. You see, I had no idea who these kids were or why my parents talked about them. I just assumed that they were teenagers that had to go through this because they had migrated to the United States at a much older age than what I did. 
The craziest part about this is that I had no clue that I was one of them and that I wasn't from here. My parents did tell me that I was not from here, but just like half of the things that my parents told me when I was little, it entered from one year and came out right of the other one. Looking back now, I find it strange how I didn't realize that I was an immigrant at a much younger age. I mean, there was a ton of signs, like my friend's dad getting deported, not being able to go back to Mexico, how my friends did during the summer, and that feeling that my parents would get when a cop drove behind them. All those things haven't disappeared. I still can't leave the country. I still have friends who get deported, and that feeling has not been passed down to me. Isn't it crazy how the police, the people who should make us feel safe, make us feel so nervous when they drive behind us? This happens to everyone. The only difference between most people in this room and my family is that if you guys get pulled over, you will most likely get a ticket. If my family gets pulled over, they will most likely get deported. It finally hit me at the start of my sophomore year. Around this time, some of my friends started getting their permit. Others were lucky enough to get their first job. During this time, the elections were still a very controversial topic, and everybody was talking about it. Just like many of my friends, I heard the jokes about going back to my country. I heard the remarks of Chess Beaner, Webback, and Alien. People started to look at me differently and treat me differently. Not only that, but I was even called a criminal and a, rap and a rapist by our very own president, Mr. Trump. I'm not going to stand here and act like it didn't bother me. It sucked. It sucked being represented by a small amount of immigrants who chose to do the wrong thing. It seemed as if everything I did was not good enough, and for some reason, I was obligated to show people that I was not a criminal or a rapist. There's this quote from Hassan Majan that really captures this. He states, And then, when you actually manage to do great work, you get hit with the most condescending line in the, human, in the English language. Hey, you're actually one of the good ones. And then you have to smile and say thank you. So, I was stuck in a situation where I couldn't apply to get my first job. I couldn't get my driver's license, nor did I qualify for federal financial aid. And all because I didn't have the nine-digit numbers that would have allowed me those privileges. You see, the worst part about all of this is that even in my home country, I am not fully accepted. To them, I am a gringo, a foreigner. Okay. Let's suppose that I actually do go back to Mexico and start a new life there. Easy, right? I mean, I speak Spanish, I could get a job there, get support, finish school. Oh, wait, I forgot. I can't do none of that because I don't know a single thing about the place I was born in. So I am not accepted in my home country, nor am I accepted in the United States. But you see, that's where DACA came in. Because of DACA, I felt a little bit more American. The actual thought of presenting myself as Mexican-American blew my mind away. I stopped feeling like nobody. That three and a half by two inch piece of plastic gave me hope. And not only me, thousands of teenagers, parents, workers, friends, they all feel the same way. Now, I'm gonna be real with y'all. In one year and 11 months, that hope will be gone. I'm currently a junior, and this will determine whether I go to college or not. I will probably not be able to go to my dream school, I would probably not be able to help my family, and the fear of getting deported will come right back. All my hopes and dreams about going to my dream college and eventually becoming the first in my family to graduate from college will be gone, just because of something that I had no control over. If there is no solution to this problem, then thousands of kids just like me will get affected. Kids in this very school, besides Nelson and I, 
would not be able to accomplish our dreams. I am not here just to talk about myself. I am here representing all those doctors and engineers who were told that they were too dumb to become successful. I am representing those who have been outcasted from society and were never given a platform to express how they truly feel. All those immigrants who don't think they have a voice in society. All those teenagers who have been told that they would not amount to anything just because they were illegal. My name is Yael Balbona Basto, and I am a dreamer. Wow, thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have not already, please subscribe and share. And we look forward to all the great things that the Brophy Culture Project, as well as the bands and individual performers, have in store for us at this year's FAE on November 21st from 6 to 9. We'll see you there. We'll see you next time to hear who gets roped into the lasso.